Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Learning Special podcast, where we talk about everything from parenting tips to early childhood development, all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. So today, we are going to be talking about follow-through, following through. So um, we haven't really prepared for this podcast, honestly, right? It's like we were just talking about it, but I thought this is a great subject because this is one of the strategies that I tell parents to use when we are working on language um, skills. But this also goes through, this also goes through, this also um, goes with basically everyday life. How are we as parents showing up and how are we following through because our kids are seeing that? So um, go ahead, Zach. I see you open your mouth. Oh, I thought you were going to continue. So yeah, the, the follow through is very important. And, when, and I, I think you should define what follow through is in this particular context, Madonna, before you yeah. even dive into this. Yeah, definitely. So when we're thinking of following through is basically you're from point A and you're going through to point B instead of just, you know, dangling around and maybe just forgetting about it. That's basically what I'm um, thinking of when I say following through. And in that aspect, when I'm talking about it with parent um, examples that I bring up with parents is that if we're working on a, a child's receptive language, which is their understanding of language, one of the things that we talk about is them following directions, simple directions, right? So sometimes since this is a skill that a child is building, they're not necessarily independ independently following through following these directions, right? So we as parents have to help them and guide them so that they can finish these directions or understand these directions. So oftentimes during our sessions, if the mom is saying, oh, can you get your teddy bear? get your teddy bear, please. She's pausing. She's waiting for the child to get the teddy bear and the child isn't getting the teddy bear. Instead of just saying, oh, never mind. He's not understanding. He's not getting the teddy bear. Um, you're following through. You're getting the teddy bear for your child and showing the teddy bear to him. Let's get the teddy bear. Here's a teddy bear. There's the follow through. Why is follow through so important, at least in the aspect of um, receptive language and uh, as a speech language pathologist is because this is how kids learn. When we don't follow through, there's no reinforcement, there's no response, right? So that follow through is important in helping them learn and develop these skills. So what happens if you don't follow through? What happens if you say, hey, uh, hey, kid, go pick up that mess or pick up that toy that you dropped there and you try to say it four, five, six, 10, 20, 30, 100 times and the kid doesn't listen, then what? Yeah. So one thing is that the, the kiddo might have a language delay, so they might not be understanding. So when they're not understanding that skill and you're not following through, you're not teaching them, right? That's a wonderful teaching opportunity and you're not giving them the chance to learn from that experience. So um, that's what happens if you don't follow through. And if a child is um, doesn't have a language delay, is understanding you and they're not cleaning up, what does that show you, right? It shows you that, oh, mom is just saying clean up, but there's no consequences or there's no um, respond, uh, responsibility. I'm not building anything, so I'm not going to clean up. So, so kids are obviously always going to push the envelope, right? They're always going to push it to the limits and try to see where their limitations are by sometimes purposely not listening. What do you do, though, if the kid is just not listening? 
how, how do you guide them? Because eventually you can't stay there forever, right? Let's be real. You can't stay there for one or two hours if you have places to go, people to see or whatever it may be, you know, the busy parent. So if the kid does not do something after X amount of time saying it X amount of, you know, X amount of times as well, what do you do from there? Okay, so let's um, pick up with the example of cleaning up. That can be a hard one for some kids. Mm -hmm. Some kids love to clean up, but some kids, it's harder for them. They run away or they, it feels like when you tell them to clean up, they uh, they ignore you. What is it stemming from, right? Are they ignoring you because they want to keep playing? Are they ignoring you because you're not, um, you're not close by them? Just think about your environment first. Think about where um, where the kid is at that moment. A a couple strategies um, to follow through is that um, first thing is we have to change what we are doing because obviously we can't automatically change what our child is doing, right? Let's make sure that we're at their level. Let's make sure we're in close proximity. We repeated it enough times, like two to three times. Okay, let's clean up. They're processing it. They're paying attention and looking at you. And if they're still not cleaning up um, for little ones, how we start off and building that, um, what do you call it? That chore, for example, is that you clean up most of the toys and they clean up maybe two or three toys and that's them quote unquote cleaning up that's one strategy another one and that's still following through okay another one is that if um if they're really not cleaning up and you're still helping them they don't want to put those three toys away um you might have to do hand over hand with them, get their hand, put it over. If they get upset doing that, you might have to think about consequences or start prepping them beforehand. Like, okay, in two minutes, we have an episode about um, transitions, for example, right? Some kids have harder time with transitions. Okay, in two minutes, we're going to have to clean up. You're building those routines in them. So there's different strategies that you have to do as a parent to help you follow through because then that's what's going to help your child more so change their um, their behaviors. I have a harder one for you. <laughs> what do you do? Come what help do you me do? out. <laughs> uh, we'll see. You're the expert. What no, do we do? And this, might, this, be, this, just, well. this just might be your opinion. This might just be your opinion, but in your opinion, mm-hmm. What is the best way to go about getting a kid to eat what it is you want them to eat? Because you know it's going to be nutritious and beneficial for their their growth and development. So say a kid needs to eat, I don't know, broccoli or whatever like that. What do you do with the parent or what do you do like, like if a parent is confused of like, oh, my kid never eats it. He'll never eat his vegetables. He never eats the green beans, never eat the broccoli, never eats the, the snap peas, whatever it is, right? What do you what do you do? And this dives into a separate episode about eating, but we will definitely touch on it. We will get there. <laughs> but like, how do you follow through with that? We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll dive more into it when we talk about eating, of course. But like, what do we do about that, though? Like, how can you follow through? Because what do you say? Like, oh, you're, you can be all done when you at least finish your vegetables or whatever it is that you say. What do you do about that? Well, one thing that I've learned from um, my nutritionist friends, my occupational uh, therapist friends, because when you when you bring this question up, especially to a um, a early interventionist who works with kids, there's so much things that come in my head when it comes to this, Mm -hmm. because one thing is we don't want to force our kids to eat right. The second thing is we want them to have a variety of foods and nutritional foods. One of the outlets that I have, and again, this might be more of a um, personal opinion at this moment, as um, you know, we're not bringing in a specialist around this, but considering what I know about child development and things like that, is that what I use with A's is reasoning 
why are we eating these foods? There's foods, um, you know, you're in, um, your specialty is n- nutrition, Zaki, and mm-hmm. um, nutrition and fitness. But we, we tell um, Ace, there's no such thing as a bad food, but there's foods out there that um, give you better energy and versus mm-hmm. not so good energy. Less nourishing and more nourishing. Yes. So I would go with the route of explaining to him, especially if your child is probably three to five years old or a bit older, and you can use certain language where um, you're telling them, oh, this makes our muscles stronger. And this, not so much. We're going to save this cupcake for next time. And the cupcake is a treat, for example. Um, I I would give them options. Do you want to do you want to eat it before your um, bagel or after your bagel? You know, things like that. Um, what other things pop in my head? Make it fun. It's, it's hard as an adult sometimes to make it fun. I'll give you an example um, that happened a couple of days ago where Ace, this weekend, this past weekend, we've been to birthday parties and he ate way too much cake and way too much ice cream and everything like that. So I really <laughs> wanted him to have more of his veggies in a couple of days ago. So during dinner, he was eating, he was eating fries <laughs> for mm. dinner. And I'm all like, I need him to eat his vegetables, but he just started eating fries and fries are a little bit more tasty than vegetables right at this moment. It can be, So how am I going to get these vegetables in, right? And I had to make it fun for him. I literally got a mini fork and I was pretending, he he likes it when um, I pretend to be the food and talk like the food. He's like, what does the broccoli say? Or what does the pea say? And I'm acting like a, an idiot here, kind of like talking, oh, <laughs> yay, put me, in your, put me in your mouth, yum, yay, okay. Like just random things like that. And he was so into it. And soon enough, he finished a whole bowl of, um, of peas, what was it? Peas, corn, and carrots. <laughs> where he typically does stuff anyways he was just a little sidetracked but now we are getting sidetracked yeah, and side-track now you're, we're talking a little bit about strategies on how to get kids to eat what you want to eat so i'm going to actually steer us away from that and back to the topic on at hand so all right you tried everything you're following through and all that good stuff but the kid just won't listen the kid just will not listen you brought up maybe it might be time to take some disciplinary actions what are some disciplinary actions that you can take that would be appropriate for children say five and under yeah, well, first first off, take a break, examine the situation, look around and be like, okay, let me just take a break. Maybe I could figure out and problem solve and figure out another way to do this, figure out a funner way to do what I want my child to do. But if you're in that moment when you just have to clean up, right, it's hard to follow through. What I think one of the main thing is follow through as much as possible, but there will be times where it will be difficult for you to follow through, but you can still verbalize it. You can still Mm -hmm. be like, okay, we have a doctor's appointment. Um, We have a doctor's appointment. So we really have to go this time. I'm going to help you out. But next time that we need to clean up, I'm going to wait until you help me clean up. Right. Some disciplinary actions for kids. And I will have to tell you that discipline is a sign of love. Not um, You have to think of it in a way that you're helping your child rather than acting emotionally when you're thinking right. of discipline in that way. Because kids, yes, they need to be valued, seen, and heard, but they also need our guidance. They're kids. 
they need um they needs a a no a roadmap they need kind of those boundaries right so that's where discipline comes in like maybe taking toys away taking something that they love away would be appropriate for their age but really one of the main things i would say is to um reason with them as much as possible for their age, really connection. I would say with discipline, connection comes first with your child. You really have to know why they're doing what they're doing because they're not doing it maliciously. And a, a big part of that um, too is that when when we're thinking of follow through, this all has to do with a lot of reflection. How much do you know? How much do you know how you're following through as an individual as well? So that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up because I know Zach, you say this in your calls with your your guys that you work with, right? What's the importance of follow through, for example, and why um, why is it important in health and in parenting? You're asking me why it's important to follow through? Yeah, yeah. Why is it important? Thing, As a parent and mm -hmm. for yourself and for your health, why is it important to follow through? To follow through with what you say? Well, that's a whole nother conversation. The reason why it's, it's important for you to follow through with what you say you're going you're gonna to accomplish is because most people don't realize that you can, you can lie to other people and not believe them because you're now they're a quote unquote liar, right? But if you're lying to yourself, then you're also a liar yourself. People don't like to say it that way though. So if you ask me, I'm going to get into the whole mindset side of things versus Do what it. I was asking. That's what I initially. really want. Actually, it has okay. to do a lot with it. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, it, it, for me, then it comes with confidence, right? Because there's a, there's a few different ways to build confidence. I like to say there's about three, right? What you physically see in the mirror when you have in, in your, your skin only, no cover up or anything like that. That's one way. Do you like what you see in the mirror? The second way, become proficient at whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So practice, practice, practice. Everybody sucks in the beginning, but when you get really good, that's another way to build confidence. And then the third way, the best way, the way that you asked me in this particular context is you have to follow through with what you said, because that is what's going to allow you to build the confidence over the course of time. Because so many people out there, they're like, I'll, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym today. And then they don't go. Okay, so I'm gonna start my I'm gonna start my weight through. loss journey. Yeah, I'm gonna start my weight loss journey, and, and I'm gonna start Monday, and then they don't. I'll start next Monday. Guess what happens every time that you you say that? Every time you delay it? Every time you say you're gonna do something, then you don't. You lose a little bit of confidence within yourself. Like I said in the beginning, if I lie to you constantly, you're gonna call me a liar, not gonna believe me anymore, right? But how mm -hmm. come when people lie to themselves, why do they still think that they're full of integrity and not a liar? You can lie to yourself. That's what most people don't understand. So that is the third and one of the most powerful ways to build confidence is to actually keep the promises that you make to yourself. And if you make the pro if you make those promises and fulfill them, the byproduct is the outcome that you're looking for. And how does this relate back to our kids, right? They see this. I always say that you show them what you are showing them what you are doing and you don't have to tell them. They are seeing this. We are basically guiding them by our actions and what we are doing. So um, totally following through with what we are trying to achieve and what we are trying to do, because we don't necessarily have to tell our kids, oh, we're going to go to the, I'm going to go to the gym and, and you don't go. Sometimes they might see that um, and they hear it, you know, when you're saying something or when you want to do something, but they're, you're not following through it's not, it's not direct and they might not understand it at that time, but just know that, um, 
it's it's indirect subconsciously and things like that it's showing it's affecting them it's showing how they are um they're building these you know characteristics and things like that somehow yeah so my final question to you all right we've done everything right you started to take disciplinary action take some things away from them make them you know have a seat on their little chair for a couple minutes or whatever it may be right that didn't work. Wait, wait, wait. The still- seat on the chair. I didn't mention that, but when when it comes to sitting on the chair and kind of having them or think, standing in a corner or, or some of those okay, things so that we've heard Okay, so let's touch on that up. just a little bit. I know it's kind of everywhere okay. would follow through, but having them sit in a corner, having them sit in the chair, go to their room. What I advise and what I've noticed to make it um, that's more powerful for your little ones is that you're there with them. Because they're so little that they still need that emotional support from you. You know what I mean? Like if you need them to think, okay, think about you not cleaning up. Let's go to your room. You guys are going together. You're still finding that way to connect with them. Because that's always, always the way um, back to it. Connecting with them first and being their support system, being there rather than leaving them alone. So I think you, you were kind of pointing out timeout yeah i'll just just throwing out examples so you tried everything right you tried to follow through you said it multiple times you were patient you worded it in different ways that wasn't working you took the disciplinary actions that's not working one of the things that you said is try to reason with your kid so this is for the parent who's like dude i tried all that i've tried everything nothing's working you did say that you can try to reason with your kid and we do this a lot with ace so how would you go about reasoning with a kid who's not picking up the toy that they need to pick up to clean up before they have to go to sleep for example I'll have you take this one because you've done it recently. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, expert. So the way that parenting parenting is a journey, I feel like, you know, this goes um, back and forth with us, right? And you actually, you do a really, I'm telling you to answer this because you do a really wonderful job with Ace and reasoning with him and providing him those reasons. And making sure that it's language that he understands, but you're also teaching him and maybe teaching him words that he hasn't um, doesn't know yet. So you do a really yeah. nice job wording things for Ace. So maybe you can yeah. give an example to parents who might um, need help with the word. Well, I guess let's go back to the food one then, because the food one is going to be a lot more relevant versus clean. Well, I want to say relevant, but let's say it's a little more important, right? Because we want our kids eating nourishing stuff, right? So fortunately, Ace has a very vast palate and he's willing to eat a lot of different things. Right. But over time he understands the power of no and choice making. So now he has his preferences, his very strong preferences. So when it comes to him wanting to not eat, like, let's say um, a vegetable or a pasta, I don't know, whatever we'll say a vegetable, right. He doesn't want to eat that particular vegetable. I do use it as a learning or a teaching opportunity. That is how I reason with him. It's not even really reason. It's more education because when he, I think most people get stuck in, you know, I'm the parent, you're the kid, you have to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't give the kids enough respect to explain why they're telling them to do the things that they do. Or I think there's a lot of power language to use with them or they get stuck. And that's the the fault. Yeah, that yeah, for sure. But I think it's it doesn't matter if your kid is one years old, or if your kid is 30 years old, if you want, if you want respect, you got to give respect, right? So you can't just tell somebody to do something because you're coming from a place of power, you're telling them to do something because you're coming from a place of caring and loving, right? Mm -hmm. Care and love. 
So when Ace doesn't want to eat something, for example, I, I talked to him about, hey, man, how come you don't want to eat that? And he's like, I want this instead. I say, I want fries. I don't want the vegetables. I go, but look, French fries are good. It tastes really good. It makes us feel happy. But this is what the vegetables do. So I don't even necessarily reason with him all the time. I just more so use it as an educational moment because when I could teach him why we're doing it, he's a lot more receptive and, and willing to try it. So look, Ace, you're going to want to eat these vegetables because they're going to provide all the nutrients and the vitamins that's going to help you become healthy and strong. I'm like, and then I ask him, do you want to be healthy and strong? And he'll say yes, right? And sometimes like, ah, he'll just joke around. I say, well, you have two choices, Ace. You can eat these vegetables. It's going to help you be stronger or you're going to be weaker. I said, do you want to be weaker or do you want to be stronger? Going back to one of the things, you know, this or that, we talked about that in a, in a few episodes ago. So I don't really, I guess you can call it reasoning with him, but it's more educational. That's at least the approach that I take. So I asked him, do you want to be stronger? Or do you want to be weaker? Because this is going to help you. Same thing with meat. Sometimes he'll eat the meat. Sometimes he'll avoid it a little bit. I'm like, hey, dude, meat contains a lot of protein. And proteins are just a bunch of amino acids. I'll tell him words that he doesn't understand, but guess what? Nobody knows what it means until they're exposed to it, right? So yeah. I will use words that he doesn't know because I want him to expand his vocabulary. So these amino acids, these are the foundations of building proteinase. And you know, you know, protein, that's used to build muscle. Let me see your muscles. And I'll have him flex. And when he flexes, he's like, wait, I do have these. So I'm like, do you want to be stronger? Do you want them to be bigger? Do you want to grow up to be like dad and mom? And he'll be like, yes. Eat that, eat that protein then, man. And then that's how I get them to do it. I do it through education and question asking. Yeah. So I think you brought up two great points there. How instead of reacting, you're responding to him, number mm -hmm. one. And the second one is that you're coming at it more so with curiosity and asking him, why don't you want to eat this? Or why not? Rather than um, right away saying, oh, no, you're eating that kind of thing, right? So yeah. those are the two things that we have to remember as we talk about follow through. These are steps to help you follow through, right? You respond instead of react. You connect with your child. You ask with curiosity. You step back, observe, and probably reflect and see. So it all goes back into how are you following through with your child, number one, and how are you following through with yourself and showing up for yourself because that ultimately affects how you are showing up and following through with your environment, with your family and with your surrounding. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> All right. So I think that's a wrap for our show for today. So remember, if you found value from this, remember to write us a review and share this episode and we'll see you on our next episode. See you then.